Welcome to Family Karma Cast. I am Indra, and today I have a very special guest. I have Sneha from the Project Mindy podcast. Hi, Sneha. Hi. And we are going to be talking all about Bridgerton season two, um, which I just so I think my first question for you is where are you? Like, where where were you at when you were coming into this season in terms of like? like period pieces do you like them or not like did you know anything about the show had you watched season one all of that kind of background okay I feel like people listening might hate me because (laughs) I haven't seen season one and I know it's annoying when people are like you're talking about a show and you don't know I don't hate on anyone because there's so much tv out there these days there is you can't keep up with it all so I didn't watch season one. It was one of those things where like, it was really big for, like you said, there's so much TV, but if you didn't watch it right at that time, it was like on to the next. Yeah, exactly. So I I had read about it and um, was interested in like the racial differences and, Mm -hmm. you know, the Shondaland um, production. Um, I don't, love period pieces Mm -hmm. um like I think if it was if it was not Shonda Rhimes I don't think I would have sought it out yeah so like what other Shonda content are you into um I was really into Grey's for a long time probably probably longer than most people because I mean (laughs) everyone was into it to like the first few seasons yeah um, and then how to get away with murder. Wait, that's okay. True. Yeah, that was I was obsessed with that show. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. If anyone hasn't seen it. I've never seen it. But maybe I should try it. Because like, so Grey's Anatomy, like, did you watch it when it was actually on TV? Yes, because it was when I was in college and everyone mm-hmm. on my floor would gather on Thursday <laughs> nights to watch it. It was like, it was that era where you watch it on, you know. Yes, like yeah. I totally remember that from my college <laughs> days too. Like there were things that we would like gather to watch together in like the main common room. Yeah, it was definitely that was like totally different, I'm sure. Um, But so I didn't watch Grey's when it was on TV, but I was always like, oh, that show looks like made for me. I would love it. And then like, I think three or four years ago, I started like watching it on Netflix because it has like all 16 seasons or like, I don't even know how many seasons they have. But at that point, it was like 13 or 14, I think. And so I would put it on like while I was doing household chores, like particularly doing laundry. So it was like kind of in the background and I didn't really have to pay attention to it because it's like a show you don't really have to pay attention to (laughs) to get the plot line. And like, I think once like every season, like one main character started dying, I was like, okay, like, is this just how it's gonna be (laughs) for the rest of this? And like, but I watched, I think through like season 12 or 13. And I just can't believe the show is still going. Like, I don't, I don't know. But it is interesting that that show came out at a time when like there was no racial equity on TV really at all. Right. And yet we see like a bunch of like black doctors 
on this show, which like you just don't see in other places. And it was like nice to have that representation in that place. So kind of like knowing that Shonda Rhimes is like that's always been a part of what she does is like I think that's something I like about her the most. Yes, I agree. And How to Get Away with Murder was the same. Annalise Keating was like this very high powered, you know, law professor and her students were of different ethnicities also. Yeah. And it's like so she's always like had that of importance. And then it's like I want like I've never read an interview with her seen like if she has an interest in period pieces like I don't know. I don't know. I just remember hearing about the huge Netflix deal she got because it was like more than I don't know most people had gotten. Yeah. And it was this Bridgerton. I think it might have been like multiple like I guess she has to produce like a certain number of shows okay. I think, but I think this is her first I think okay someone will well me. so I I think it's appropriate that we're talking because you host the the project Mindy podcast and I think Mindy Kaling is into period pieces is that true yes because she's really into like rom-coms love stories yes. so I'm trying to remember if she's ever mentioned like Pride and Prejudice specifically. I feel like I've heard her talk about Mr. Darcy like at least once or twice. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I definitely believe she's very into Jane Austen type. Yeah. So I feel like I relate with her on that a lot. Like I think I read one of her books and I think she like talked about kind of, I don't know. I've always just had the impression that she like sort of is into that like period piece world, like fantasizing herself being a part of it. And I like, I'm totally there with her. Like I'm not like a cosplay person (laughs) or anything like that. But I think that if like there was a fantasy world that I like, if I had to choose one that I had to like make myself a part of like for the rest of my life it would be like what we see in Bridgerton like living in the English countryside it's like always summer and there's like some big mansion that you're like just wasting the way the day away in, and like that's like totally my jam yeah Wait, so were you into them when you were a kid too? Yeah. So I think I have to blame my mom for this because so my mom, my parents grew up in India, but like my mom's family was very like, for lack of a better term, like they were just kind of British like, you know, they were very like, I think, affected by British colonialism, like for better or worse, you know, Mm -hmm. there's obviously like a lot of harmful stuff with that in Indian culture. But I think it's also like you can't deny the effect that British colonialism had on a lot of India and like how it is. And I think that that really infected like my mom's side of the family in terms of like, you know, just like mannerisms and ways of speaking and like education and Like my mom grew up like reading a bunch of like English texts and like um, being like seeped in that and kind of like really loving that and like loving Jane Austen and Thomas Hardy and all of these like old authors. And, you know, I hope that high school literature classes are different now, but I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, we were reading all the like British period pieces. Oh, yeah, definitely. I want to say that they're, well, I want to say they're more diverse, or maybe we just hear about the ones in the news. <laughs> really, everything's just the same as. Well, we was. hear about all this like 
pushing back against like critical race theory yeah. when it's like, can we just read a book by a black author that's about black people or like any non-white culture? Women, <laughs> like, anything. Yeah. Like I feel like the only thing that I read that I can remember really well was like we read some Toni Morrison books and then we read like some magical realism from South America. And and I remember reading a book that was based in like China as well. That Oh, like, the Pearl book. Um, no, I think we read that too, but yeah. um, it was, it was actually a really beautiful book. I wish I could remember what it was, but um, I mean, that was like a very small percentage of the literature that like the classics or whatever that we were meant to read in high school. And so like, I, I was an English major in college. I really love like, I love period pieces. <laughs> like I love Jane Austen. I love Thomas Hardy. I love um like even like Edith Wharton, like the about like old New York and stuff oh, like I, that. I do like that, that Gilded Age or whatever it's called. Yeah, we should talk about that too. But like so I've always just like been drawn to that. And then when I was an English major in college, I like focused on Victorian era type th- stuff. Oh, wow. I, like, wrote so my you're like really an expert. Yeah. I like wrote my senior thesis on Jane Eyre. Like wow. I have like a real obsession with this period <laughs> and sort of like a just a, I don't know, an appreciation for like the fantasy world that it is because I do think it is a fantasy world right like I think so it's not like I'm not like pretending like this is real life like no part of me wants to go and live in the 1800s without like electricity and yeah, running yeah. water and, stuff. and corsets and- <laughs> yeah like but I mean the sort of romantic countryside type thing of like the English countryside I've always romanticized that like to the max. And so I like the Pride and Prejudice series that was like six episodes long from like the 90s or the aughts. Wait, Did you so ever watch the Colin Firth your, one? Yeah. And I was going to say, who's your favorite, uh, Mr. Darcy? Well, it has to be Colin Firth, yeah. right? Because you know what's so funny is the guy in Kira Knightley's one, he's the guy that plays. Um, what's his name in succession? Oh, um, yeah, Matthew McFadden. Um, uh, Isn't that wild? Um, yeah, well, so I love the character of Tom so much, like, yeah. I, especially like the Midwestern thing. Like, I just adore him. Yeah. Um, and I think mine was Colin Firth also, but then because I love the actor and his, the character he plays, it's like <laughs> him now. Well, I think it's just like, it's so funny because he's so goofy or I don't know off kilter in succession and then in Pride and Prejudice it's like this serious like the way they like the way the director does that one it's like very dark and kind of gloomy and he's like I just picture him like in the rain looking really serious all the time and it's like it's just very opposite from who he plays in succession so when I like think of them together I'm like oh well he must be a good actor because he can like do so talented British actors are just so good I know I know it's like all these roles in America are just they're just played by British people. I know. Like, just go uh, ahead. Immigrants stealing our jobs, you know. I know. God damn it. <laughs> but um so I'm walking okay, the I think the first time I saw a trailer for this season and I did see season 1 and okay. 
I appreciated season one mostly because of the Shonda effect of just let's bring in people from different cultures into this like fantasy world and just make it normal. And here we are and the queen's going to be black and like, you know, like some of the richest people are going to be people of color and it's they're all going to be integrated. And like, sure, there's like some techno there's some issues with that maybe that you can find. But like in the fantasy part of it, I think it was just like a creative way to look at this and kind of modernize it. Yeah. And like the music too. Like I love the music choices. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like just using like string quartets playing like modern songs is like such a smart idea that like adds so much like there are points in the season where I couldn't pay attention to what was happening because I was so enveloped in the music like trying to like figure out what the song was or whatever like this sounds familiar what is it (laughs) like there was a few that it was like okay that's ironic by Alanis Morissette yeah you know and there are some that I'm like I don't know what that is but so I really liked season one. I thought it was like a little cheesy overall and like the over the top sex, like I, which I think was like a hallmark of season one was just kind of like, I don't know. I It wasn't like, it was like, okay, great. Like this is like a softcore porn, I guess. But it was like, it wasn't like exciting for me in any way. I don't know. It, well, when I saw the brief, the recap of season one, it was just like, oh, let's just have sex anywhere <laughs> in any location. <laughs> so I'm getting, am I correct on that? Yeah, it was basically like the courtship happened for the first half of the season, then they get married, and then they just start having like crazy amounts of sex, like all over the castle or whatever. And it's just like, okay, like that, that's like what this love story is. And they're like going hard with this. And like, sure, it's like fun to watch, I guess, but it's also like, I don't know. It didn't feel like it had a lot of substance to me. Mm -hmm. And but I loved it. And I was like, just because it was a period piece. And I was like, I'm so ready for season two. Like, great. Yeah. And then I see the first time I saw a trailer for season two, it was like the first time Kate and Anthony are talking outside of that ball and like the garden. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is that an Indian woman? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that is not like that. I must be like seeing things like, but she really looks South Asian. Like, and so I immediately started Googling it and I was like, holy shit. Like she is South Asian. Like the main heroine of next season is going to be an Indian woman. And I like lost my shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cause I already, yeah, I already knew about it. Cause I'd like seen articles, but I can't imagine seeing it and being like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it was like the trailer. This was like six to eight months, I think, before the season even dropped. And I was like, okay, like this cannot be nearly as good as what I think it's going to be. Like it's probably, they're probably just like one part of the season. Like it's not really going to be central or anything like that. And I didn't realize that the Bridgerton novels and what the series is based on is like each child's love yeah. story so you so haven't read the books no i haven't um but i'm tempted to now i'm like should i read them or should oh, i just spoiled. like uh, yeah but i don't know um so i didn't realize that that like oh no like this is gonna be the main love story and then like as i saw more and more teaser like i started following bridgerton on netflix yeah. <laughs> on i mean on uh 
on uh, Instagram and like seeing all the teasers and I'm like, holy shit, like this is going to be all about this woman. And she and, is like, the main love interest. Did so. you know Simone Ashley before no. this? Um, and I was reading about both of them and it mm-hmm. seems like they're not, um, they're not like established actors. actors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so she like was in, she was in sex education. Yes. I think she um, said she was not coming back. Um, to that show. Yeah. I haven't seen that show. Have you? No. I've heard it's really good. My, yeah, my yeah. partner watches it. And like Jillian Anderson is amazing. So. She's so good. I love her and everything. I know. So, and now that I know Simone Ashley's in it, I'm like, maybe I should watch it. But, um, so yeah, she's relatively unknown. And uh, like Jonathan Bailey, who plays Anthony, like the first time I'd ever seen, seen him was in season one. Like I'd never I, seen him in anything else. Yeah, that seems, I guess, because like there's so many TV shows on streaming services, mm-hmm. we're finding like it's not just, I mean, I guess a lot of like movie stars are getting into TV, but also yeah. it's like more normal to be like, oh, here's this actor who's never been in anything and has like no connections to Hollywood and stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, never have I ever was just like, oh, big casting call and we yeah. found this girl in Canada. And I think that's kind of cool. Like, I think I can relate more to characters like where the actual actor or actress is like kind of an unknown. It's like there's something kind of refreshing about that. I don't I don't know, especially when I'm like watching this period piece where I'm literally like fantasizing that I am this woman. (laughs) It makes it easier. (laughs) It's like if it was Priyanka Chopra would not be the same effect. You know what I mean? Um, So like she so like. Yeah. And then like Jonathan Bailey, he's also gay in real life. I just I think he's amazing. And and he talks a lot about like how people in the industry encouraged him not to tell anyone that he was gay because he wouldn't get roles. And I'm like, clearly this man has no issue like acting. He's a great actor. And we always hear about like big Hollywood stars who are closeted and, you know, yeah, I definitely think a lot of them are. I would believe it. I know. Absolutely. And especially if that's like an industry wide thing, like keep it secret because you won't get like straight roles or whatever. Like it's kind of nice. It's been nice to see him like speaking out so publicly about his journey to being like, no, I am gay. And like, fuck it if you're not going to hire me like and hopefully it inspires like more young actors older actors or whomever totally um and i think he's like so handsome he's very (laughs) very cute yes (laughs) i was like oh my god this is like so i mean literally all of this stuff coming together i explained it to someone as like this is like my wet dream Like your your setting, the clothes, the like, love story. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Like, I feel I'm thinking of like all the other pop culture things where there's like an Indian woman who's a love interest. And obviously the biggest example of that is like Bollywood. Yeah. But like, I don't know about you. And I want to hear what your experience was with Bollywood. But like, I was just not ever really that connected to Bollywood growing up um, other than like, 
I would watch it like when I went to India and like my mom would put on movies and I'd watch it. But I like never took it very seriously because it's hard to take seriously. Sometimes it's like especially the older stuff where it's just like these silly songs and dances and like ridiculous plot lines where that are so backwards in terms of how they treat women and stuff like that. It was just Mm -hmm. like it was hard for me to like get into it. What was your experience with Bollywood? Yeah, that sounds exactly like mine. Um, But I have felt out of place a lot in groups of like Indian girls who grew up in America because they know every movie, every song, every actor. And I don't know Hindi, for example, because my family speaks Telugu. And I've had so many people be like, oh, just watch Bollywood movies. That's how I learned Hindi. And I was like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, you're like, stop forcing your yeah. Hindu, Hindi, whatever. <laughs> it definitely was. Um, uh, I definitely took the message that the the heroines are always light skinned they always mm-hmm. have anglo kind of features none of them look like me mm-hmm. um yeah, that was always the message that I got. And they never have like a real personality. No. You know? It's like, oh, they're pretty and they can dance. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> and I know a lot has changed. So I don't want to say that they're yeah. all still like that. But I guess in the era that you and I were growing up, they were all pretty similar. Yeah. And, and so I guess... What I'm saying here is like, I'm going to make it really personal because I think everyone's experience with their South Asian-ness, whether they're South Asian American or grew up in South Asia or something in between, like it's different for everyone. But for me, it was like I could never really get into the like Bollywood thing in terms of the like love stories, taking them seriously and me feeling like empowered by them, I guess, in a way. And like the love stories I did really like kind of resonate with were like, of course, all the like teeny bopper movies like Clueless and all these things that I'm watching in America that are all white casts or mostly white casts, like the heroine and the, and the hero are like always white, whatever. And so like, and I just like, I'm never seeing myself reflected in those people. And yet these are like the love stories that are resonating with me the most. And and uh, like then the period pieces, like obviously it's like all white people and like, you know, this whole thing. And so it, it's like, I cannot describe like the excitement to like be able to see a woman who like, I mean, she's so gorgeous. So I'm not even going to say oh, that yeah, like, I, <laughs> like there's any resemblance, but like the fact that she's just like an Indian brown woman who's being like held up as the highest beauty standard in this huge like pop culture phenomenon and is like the object of the main character's affection is like it just kind of like resonated with me in a way that like I knew it was going to be fun to watch, but it was like even more fun to watch than I thought it would be. Yeah, I had that feeling also. Um, And just also like just to highlight again, the dark skinned and they did a really, I think because it was a Shonda production, like they did a really great job of like lighting and makeup Mm -hmm. and also, um, for, for both sisters, their features to me, like were very South Indian. Like they didn't have like the, I don't know. I feel like a lot of Bollywood actresses yeah. maybe have those kind of anglicized features, yeah. right? I'm not, I mean, I'm not wrong, right? No, absolutely. I mean, I think part of it is like, 
what's interesting is like the word Aryan is like in reference to like white like Caucasian people I think but like the Aryan race like comes from North India that's so weird yeah so there's like there is similarities in terms of features of like North Indians and Caucasian people um that like might be different to like South Indians and other like South Asian communities but I mean the, the main thing is like the skin color yeah and like Simone Ashley is like pretty dark skinned. Yeah. Um, And yeah, go ahead. I was reading an interview with her and she was talking about, which is exactly my experience. Um, And I don't want to like, my family's great. And I don't want to like, you know, I know a lot of other girls had more, you know, pressure um, than I did, but she said that it was like her relatives saying like, oh, you're so pretty too bad. You're like dark or like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was always the qualifier of, oh, you're great, but, you know, you have this flaw about you. And she said that she was discouraged from um, playing outside in the sun. Like it's only like in the the early morning and the evening she was allowed to go out. And even today she has that instinct of like sometimes when she's outside in the sun, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get darker. Um, And that was where did she grow up? Canada, I think. Oh, okay. Or no, no, no. One of them is Canadian. I think one of them is British. She might be British. I think she's British because I, I saw an interview with her where she was speaking in a British accent. Yeah, and that I makes sense. Charitra I think she was went to Oxford. Oh, okay. Well, she does a good job, like putting some Indian twinge into her. Yeah, accent. like that. I was like. Is that how she really speaks or is she putting it on? And I think she like she put it on. I think it was putting it on. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I did catch that. But I I sort of cut you off right at the end of what you were saying about like the colorism thing, because that's really powerful. Yeah, it was really powerful. And then just to see her in the media now, like she was on the cover of Teen Vogue, not that I look at my, but just like seeing her on Instagram and, you know, Twitter or whatever, and they didn't lighten her skin and the photo shoots was, was amazing. And the only other actor I can think of is, um, why I love how to get away with a murder Mm -hmm. is Viola Davis is also dark skinned and Mm -hmm. she's one of the first people I've seen in, you know, modeling for clothes or makeup or whatever, who also, um, has a similar skin tone. Yeah. And it's just like, it's such a big deal. And I think that like, it's just another way that I think, you know, Shondaland is like paying attention to, to these important things and normalizing like different forms of beauty yeah, um, in a way that like is very noticeable. And like, I know that the show Insecure on HBO. Oh, I love that show. Um, made a effort to like make sure that they cast like all different like skin tones in their cast and like Molly has like darker skin tone than like some others and um and how they like really made sure the lighting on that show was like specifically for like the cast that was it and um yeah I mean like so just talking about like Simone Ash like she's so gorgeous (laughs) so gorgeous so is Charitra what's her last name I can't remember I think it also Um, starts with a c she I think maybe it's Chandan um that sounds right because they're both they're both Tamilian I believe yes and so and that was really nice too to like have um yeah Chandran 
Chaitra yeah. Chandran. Um, so they're both gorgeous, but like Simone Ashley, I mean, she looks like a Disney princess. <laughs> she does. You know, I I was I was I was rewatching a little bit just some clips and that when she was in the purple gown at the wedding, yeah. it was very and I hate to say this, but anytime someone's like, "Oh, favorite Disney princess." It's like, "Oh, Princess Jasmine." Yeah, of course. The only one we had. <laughs> only one and she's like not even Indian she's Middle Eastern (laughs) Um, yeah but she did she it was like out of a fairy tale oh my god and I think it was just I think you know there's been criticism of both seasons for having racial diversity but maybe not like making it as explicit as maybe they should and um I think I sorry go ahead does that mean just like having it but not really explaining how it yeah became. or not even really like referencing it maybe like just and to me I kind of find it refreshing to have like a super racially integrated cast in this like unexpected scenery that you wouldn't expect to see it and it's just kind of like accepted yeah <laughs> like there's thing nice about that and like a relief as a viewer who's like a part of the minority that's being represented on the screen it's like I I don't know I thought this season did a good job of like bringing out some of the aspects of their Indian-ness while also not making it a big deal at all that like Antony was courting like that like the diamond of the season was Indian right and that he was courting like an Indian family like there was no like issue there yeah you know it's kind of nice yeah um like there were scenes um like specifically I think the right before the wedding with um the women and the the mom and the sisters with the haldi and mm-hmm. um, there there easily could have been a whole episode explaining what that was and yeah. like but there wasn't and so the the focus was really just on the conversations that they were having which is fine i mean there were all the garlands everywhere but no one really talked about it you know yeah and like maybe it's a little bit different when it's coming from like Shondaland production versus like a Mindy Kaling production because I'm like thinking about like Never Have I Ever and how they bring in a lot of like Indian traditions and things without explaining them like they're just there like and and how I like that in Never Have I Ever that it's like just kind of normalizing it as like this is just how it is and if you're a guest in the space you're just learning about it and so I've sort of like maybe it's nice to just like have the holiday ceremony and not get into a huge long explanation of like what it is. I think in the past I would have been like, well, they should explain it so everyone understands and this is why we yeah. do this. But now I've, I'm definitely on your side where it's like, why do we have to make it a focus? And if someone wants to learn about it, you can easily go online after the episode and search like, oh, what were yeah. they doing in this scene? Yeah, because like there was enough of focus on it and they were like literally putting Haldi on each other's faces. Yeah. It's like, you can't like be like, oh, that's interesting. Like <laughs> if you're interested and you want to know more, like you can. But I also think one of the like nicest ways that Indian culture was like integrated into this season was like through the fashion, actually. Like oh, The fashion was, I loved it. Yeah, like having these period type dresses, but they have like elements of like Indian formal formal wear with like jewels and like the fabric and some of the like 
accents and things like that and embroidery. It was subtle, but it was noticeable and like made the sisters like what they were wearing stand out. I felt like in a way yeah. that was kind of special. The jewelry definitely. Jewelry. Like that. Um, and, and they turned it into, you know, the story with the bangles. Um, yeah. But that I assume would not be a part of the season if it wasn't. The jewelry was huge. Like, yeah. The earrings and like the choker that she wears. On yeah, that's what day. I'm thinking of. It's like such like, and that's such a huge part of like Indian formal formal wear. So it was like really nice to see that. And I thought that the dress that um, Simone Ashley wore in the last ball, the orange number yes with the like orangish crown and everything I was like oh my god she looks amazing and it was so (laughs) flattering on her too like more so than I don't know a a, I don't know paler color yeah (laughs) to use a I don't know if that's the right (laughs) word would because it's like it is true those brighter colors like really make us stand out and they're almost like our neutrals I feel like yeah it's like orange doesn't look great (laughs) in all skin tones but it looks really great on like an Indian woman and specifically like a darker skinned yeah definitely and yeah I just thought that like that that in and of itself is because that's all part of this like image of beauty and like like what we're it's like you said like Simone Ashley being on the cover of Teen Vogue like I don't even the women who are on the cover of Teen Vogue when I was a teen. <laughs> oh, totally I mean, different. Like, I don't think there was ever a non-white person. I don't think so. Like, not even close. And like, and though I'm sure it's been more diversified over time, like, again, I don't follow Teen Vogue, but like, I'm sure she's one of the first maybe the maybe the first like Indian woman to be on the cover uh, and that's probably. like you know like young girls are reading that and looking at it and like seeing beauty ideals and getting beauty ideas and like it just like I know I've talked about this so many times on this podcast and maybe I've talked about it with you but it's like I like have n- I was like afraid of like makeup and stuff like that because yes yeah did you have the same experience so um I like from a very young age like my girlfriends were like experimenting with makeup you know when we were like 13 or whatever and like nothing would show up like okay you have very dark (laughs) you have like dark eyelids I'm assuming Uh and like darker lips like are you yeah I yes yeah no yeah And then so like they would try to put eyeshadow on me, but it like wouldn't show up at all. And they would have like these blue eyelids, but it was just like nothing on me. And um, yeah, so I, yeah, I was, I'm actually still scared of makeup. I feel like, like it's definitely carried on. I don't really know Mm -hmm. how to like do my face and I don't know. Yeah. Are you still like that? Yes. I, <laughs> you and I are the exact same. I told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again for anyone who didn't hear it. Um, I went to a sleepover when I was in sixth grade. And um, so it was my two friends, one who was white and one was East Asian, actually. And they were putting foundation on. Oh, and no. Like, I'm on you. And I'm like, we don't have the same skin color. Like, I don't really think this is going to work, but they like insisted and they like caked it on all over my face. And 
I looked like uh, like a horror movie villain. Like a ghost. It was so traumatized. I was like, I am never putting foundation on again. And to this day, I have never put an (gasps) ounce of foundation on my face. And all beauty products, I have just, I've never really gotten into it because I'm like, what they're marketing isn't for me. Yeah. Like, I don't like it's not going to look the, like the eyeshadow is not going to look the same. No. The lipstick is not going to look the same. Like the only thing I've like experimented with a little bit is like eye mascara and stuff like that. And even that I don't use because it irritates my eyes too much. So it's like <laughs> I've just and it's it's lasted, you know, into my mid 30s. And I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. But I, I'd have to say like seeing these beauty brands like Live Tinted. Yeah, that's. Um, run by Deepika and like seeing like tutorial like just seeing the videos on that of like her doing her makeup and I'm like oh we have the same skin tone it's yeah like, I'm like if I had had that when I was a kid maybe it'd be different you know or maybe I'd have more confidence I don't maybe. know and we probably would have spent a lot more money on makeup yeah. and like <laughs> bought it when we went to the mall or whatever and I'm sure like your friends like now like it's not like they remember it now but there's like always a moment that I mean I think everyone has that to some extent but definitely like related to makeup I definitely have things I can recall exactly how they happened whenever I like look for foundation or something and we all have like like the only brand of makeup I'll buy is MAC mm-hmm. really because they mm-hmm. always had shades and like yeah. there's like Fenty and other things now, yeah. but those were really just the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, we did an interview with like a YouTube makeup artist um, a couple of years ago now, I feel like. And she said that like Fenty changed the game for like women of color doing their makeup and like just having a real shade for everyone to like actually match their skin. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, it's just wild to me that for so many years, like the only shades for like darker complexions, there were like two options. And it's like, that's, and then there's like 10 options for people with like white skin. Yeah. Um, So, sorry, go ahead. No, what were you gonna say? So much to say about makeup. Um, (laughs) And there's also like, I think, Maybe at some point the makeup brands realize like, hey, there's black women who have, you know, different undertones and different skin colors. Let's, you know, make one shade for them or whatever. But like our undertones are different. And like there's there's more than two races, you know, there's yes. <laughs> all kinds of people, you know, biracial, lots of different um, types. So yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you have to acknowledge that, you know, and, and to see that acknowledged so clearly on this show that like, here is this like woman of color who's South Asian, who is not your typical South Asian Bollywood woman because she has darker skin is just like, it's kind of amazing. And I've never seen it before in this context. And um, and like speaking of her makeup too, her makeup was like very understated, I felt yeah. like throughout the season. Um, like I think she put fake eyelashes on for like the last- For the dress uh, up. For the dress up scene, but only the last one with the orange outfit. Yeah. Um, otherwise, like, you know, she just kind of relied on her natural features and- 
they, I, she's just so like naturally beautiful and you can just tell. I think the scene we saw of her first was the riding on horseback. I don't yeah. know if that was, yeah. And she clearly wasn't, I mean, of course everyone's wearing makeup, but like very fresh faced and yeah. um, light. And just and her so hair. Oh, I love her hair, especially in I'm that like, scene. I'm like, do you think that's her hair? And I'm like, you know what? When I was 25, I had that much hair too. Um, what I always remember is in one of Mindy Kaling's books. I can't remember if it was, it might have been the first one. And she said, whenever you see someone on TV, like they always have some kind of clip-ins on. Like you, you yeah. even if it looks normal, it's not. So I remember that too. It was yeah. from her first book because because I think she she's always like, you know, I would be just like bald if I didn't have all this stuff. And she's very candid about that, um, which is like, you know, like female hair loss is like a huge thing. And yeah, it is. A, I'm like kind of going through it right now and like going there's this um, there's another like beauty blogger that I've been following and she's been recommending all this like natural stuff, which is like what our moms tried to like force on us when we were growing up. <laughs> we hated yeah. it and it smelled or whatever. But like, yeah, um, now I'm like, hair oils. <laughs> yeah, yes. and they show them like oiling each other's hair. The, oh, the oiling scene was really special. Yes. And like. And, you know, her calling her Dee Dee. And um, so I read something that said Bon is apparently. Okay. I was reading about this too. I think it's a Bengali. Okay. It's Bengali because my husband's family is Bengali and that's how I've heard it. And I know there was some criticism that like they were combining different South Asian languages. Yeah. I don't really have an opinion on it though. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. So the the criticism is that they use like a bunch of different um, common names that people use, like familial names. So like, you know, in the States or like Western places, it'll say like mommy, daddy, mama, papa, or whatever, but it's like appa for dad or um, didi for sister. And then bon, I guess, is a way to say sister too. And like, there were a few ones that I didn't even catch that I think it was like a social media post that pointed this out. And um, they were like, the harm in this is that it's kind of like the, the good thing is that they're like expressing all these different types of South Asian culture. But the bad thing is they're kind of saying, oh, they're all one. Yeah. And like this is one person like and this is one representation and like people might be confused and it's like not celebrating the difference within South Asian-ness. And, and I see that like, I understand that criticism and I'm like, and there's something beautiful about incorporating all of that too, just so that people hear it. Yeah. Um, and so I think I'm with you. Like, I, I don't really have an opinion either way about it. I see both sides to it. And I, and I, I guess I understand why they made the decision they did. Um, but <laughs> maybe it's just like, Whatever we can get. <laughs> yeah. Anything to like put into it. And I, I mean, I, there's always like some, I don't want to like every criticism is valid because I'm sure like I have yeah. things about whatever and other people don't care. Um, but okay. I don't know how they did talk about going back to India and India, but mm -hmm. did they say anything specific about where? Bombay. But they, they have never mentioned anything outside of that. I think they just said Bombay. Like, I remember they said, we're going back to Bombay or like, that's where we're from, maybe once or twice. And so another interesting thing that I heard that was kind of critical of the show, which might have been interesting to include, 
was like the complete lack of acknowledgement of the colonial presence in India, yeah. <laughs> like the British colonialism of India at the time that this would have taken place. Um, that like maybe the little things about the differences in how they make tea could mm-hmm. be some sort of reference to that. But like that what the criticism I heard was like, this is, was a missed opportunity. Like it could have been a great little argument between Kate and Anthony about like Kate being like, you know, critical of British colonialism and Anthony, like maybe coming to realize something about that. Um, Which like, again, I see how that could have been good. And I also can see how the writers might've been scared of getting into that. Um, and maybe like messing it up. <laughs> I think it just would have been a whole different show. Like, I don't know how you just like yeah. sprinkle that in a little. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's a way, but like. <laughs> I know it does sort of like ruin the vibe. And like at the end of the day, like this for me anyway, was like a pure fantasy. Like, yes. and that's, and that's what I wanted it to be. And I think they incorporated aspects of like South Asian culture in a way that was nice. And they also didn't beat you over the head with like the differences that like, again, like just it being like normal that like this man from the richest family in London or wherever they are, like is going after like a South Asian woman is like just normalizing that was like, huge for me as someone who's South Asian American watching it. I wonder what a what a British uh, South Asian would think about this because mm. all, all the things I've read we think America's <laughs> the whole world so I don't think I've read anything that's not <laughs> from the perspective of, of an American but I mean I know society different there. I would love to talk to. Well, because I feel like South Asian life in Britain is also like so different. So different. Right? Um, like the class yeah. system is totally different. We need to find a British South I know. Asian if anyone's listening and you're British, I'd really <laughs> like to know. Yeah, let us know your perspective. We'd love to know. Um, so if you're very into that world, are you also like an Anglophile and other things or just – Yeah, I mean, I think I've been conditioned that way, like for better or worse. Um, Definitely like when it comes to to music that I listen to sometimes and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I also like it's just like a product of what we grow in, grow up in, you know, like, like I said, like the education system I grew up in was just, just force feeding me like white, genteel novels yeah you know (laughs) and like so you just become enveloped in it one way or another and you know I I don't know I responded to aspects of that well I think realizing that I wasn't a part of that and that's been kind of painful I think also to like just reckon with growing up and like and then like having my own romantic experiences and kind of like having that in the background all yeah. the time, just knowing that that's like the backdrop that we're all sort of exposed to. Like the stories, it's, I think it's like the stories that we are told and like media is so important because they tell these stories and show things to us that end up affecting how we see the world. Yeah, And like just to see like Indian women being like, 
the hot shit on this <laughs> like show is like so fucking great. <laughs> I love it. And I love that it was the three women. Like there was a lot of like bonding between them. You know, there wasn't a brother, you know, hanging around yeah. and it just, it would have been totally different. Maybe that's why we enjoyed that part of it so much also. Yeah. And I think that comes back to like that contrast with the typical Bollywood heroine who like the only thing that's important about her is the size of her dowry and yeah. um, like how well she can dance and smile and like look pretty and the and the and her complexion being like light skinned. Yeah. Her like her brother and dad are very over overprotective or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was nice not to have like that male presence. And that was actually something that I felt like so they sort like in the ways that they don't acknowledge race in some ways, you know, on the show, which maybe we can be critical of. They absolutely like got into gender issues in, yeah. this season in a real way, like across all of the storylines, like when it comes to not just Kate and Anthony, but like, um, you know, Penelope as a writer and Eloise as a woman who wants to like do more than what women are expected to do. And um, what's the name of the woman who fool uh, Lady Featherington? Yes. Like the whole awakening of like women's <laughs> rights. Yes. And like uh, conning that Lord Featherington guy and like acting in the interests of her and her daughters and um, I know, like sort the of the power in that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Speaking of that, like um, what what were some of the other plot lines that like you enjoyed this season, if any? Um. Uh, I had something where, oh, okay. So I don't know if we really talked about this, but you were talking about season one and how it was like, um, not like Grey's Anatomy in a way, but like the way like, oh, let's have sex everywhere kind of thing. (laughs) I, I liked that the romance was like, oh, he touched her hand and it was like building up to something and like, like the sexiest moment of for like the first six seasons was him picking up like the bangle and that look between them smoldering. (laughs) I think Instagram has like figured me out because it keeps showing, you know how it shows you like those little reels, like as you're scrolling down that like you're not following the accounts, but it's like all these Bridgerton fan accounts. (laughs) There's just like, it's like one that's like every time Anthony looks at Kate and it's like a whole like montage of it. And I'm just like, I keep watching them and they keep giving. Yeah. They're going to keep giving you more. (laughs) But I, I love that too. I feel like the anticipation and the like eye sex stuff and things like that is like so great. And then it's like, that was the other thing. When have we ever seen, even if it was for like half a second, a South Asian woman being who's like someone's going down on her? <laughs> have we talked about this before? Did we t- maybe no. size of college girls? We might. Oh wait, have yeah. Okay, it. you're right. You're right. We did um, see it. That was. But this is a different amazing. genre. Yeah. <laughs> um. That was amazing, and like, it's not like they talked about it. It's not like she w- was she reciprocal. No, they didn't show it. It was all about like I appreciated that the sex scene that one which was like one of two really was all about like the woman getting pleasure. Yeah. It was like how much there was nothing. Yeah. Go ahead. Just how much he loves her and adores her and wants to show it physically. Yeah. That was amazing. (laughs) 
like, and she's just like fantasizing about it. And I'm like, this is so yes, we did see it in the sex lives of college girls, but like but that's modern. So it's and it's like a totally different vibe, like to see that in a period piece, like in the middle of some English garden, like and they're like wearing these like period underwear things. Yeah. <laughs> so many layers. Oh my God. It was I was like, I don't I wish I could see the look. I wish I had like a mirror. I I was a fly in the wall watching me watch that scene. <laughs> I just want to know like what the expression was on my face when I was watching that. I want to see that too. Your reaction to different <laughs> things. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, now I'm like sad that their love story is like over. So like, it's going to be a different sibling next season. Yeah. But I think I saw some interview where she, where she was like, you'll still see, you know, some, but is it just like more in the background probably? That's a good question. Cause like, so the love story from season one was Daphne and Simon, like Lord, whatever. I forget what his Lord name was, but um, it's hard to keep track. But the actor from that, I heard he like didn't want to be on the show anymore, and so that's why we never see him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I saw an interview too where I think both Anthony and Kate, like their characters, are definitely going to be coming back for all subsequent seasons. And I guess in the books, they're supposed to have like four children and. Um, like there's more complexities in their story that will come out along the way. I mean, it seems like there's a real like stan culture around their relationship. So I'm hoping that like inserts them more into the coming yeah. season because I could just watch them like with each other like <laughs> all day. Like literally, I it's like the most entertaining yeah. thing ever to me. I mean, if they haven't written next season or like even if they have a plan for it, I'm sure like the writers and producers are seeing how yeah. much fans are responding and are going to, you know, include them. Yes. Um, okay. So one last thing I wanted to talk about was the other actress, Charitra Chandran. Yes. And just what you thought of her character and her as an actress. And yeah. I mean, I thought the, the whole, I mean, the whole plot line of like, oh, the one... I, I mean, I was trying to think, I swear that's been a movie or a TV show before where they're in love with one sister and then they're with the other sister. Um, But I guess it was a little more complex when you get the background of his mom and his dad and like why he likes that. Um, I just want her to find like, I would love a season just about her life. I know. I feel like she really started to blossom towards the end of the season when she got all mad at everyone. Yeah, but that wasn't <laughs> until like episode seven. I know. And then yeah. it was like ending and it was like, you that's the only time you like see a bit of personality from her. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they teased like, who was it? The queen was like, I have a nephew or was it Lady Danbury? It was think, like, I want to say it's the queen, but I could be wrong. I think she said like, I know a prince. And like, and she's like, ooh. So I am hopeful that they'll at least, like, I know every season needs to be focused on like a Bridgerton kid, but like, she can still be around having her. Yeah, we could see a little, another courtship and someone who like, you know, deserves her. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because like, as I look at all the other siblings, I'm like, I don't really know who I'm interested in seeing their love story. 
Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. Maybe Eloise. Yeah. Um, it, maybe Colin. I wonder if they're going to like alternate genders each, like next season, it's going to be a daughter. Yeah. Cause I think in the book series, the next one is, would be the Benedict, the, the artist. Oh, okay. Brother. And it's sort of like, I feel like wrapped it up with him in such a way that like they could go in that direction. I mean, I'm sure they've planned it already. Like they're probably already like filming or probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but um, I don't know. I'm like totally like the amount that I love this season versus season one was like tenfold. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like think that's it, that been the reaction with like other people also? Maybe if they're like me and <laughs> they are obsessed with uh, British period pieces and they're South Asian. <laughs> yes. So within our community, yes. Yeah. I'm like, is anyone else watching this show and enjoying it as much as me? Like, I don't know, but <laughs> I, I, I think so. I think it's a very <laughs> devoted uh, based on all the reels you're seeing. Yeah, totally. I know. My God, I'm going to have those things in my feed like for the rest of my life. I need to search uh, for more memes because I heard there's a lot of really good ones. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I yeah, saw I that need- in an article and I was like, okay, I need to look up these. Yeah. Um. So yeah, is there anything else about the season that jumped out to you that you want to talk about? Um, well, okay, I did want to ask you a question since you're very into this. Like, did did anything specifically bother you where you were like, this isn't how the real world was besides what we talked about? Well, I guess I don't really know for real what the real world <laughs> was. Like, what I know is like what has been portrayed True. in or what I like dreamt up in my head from the books I've read slash what I've seen on TV. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I guess there were some anachronistic aspects like the music oh, is true. one thing, but I think that was a smart idea to do that. I mean, definitely the dancing, I feel like was not the way it would have been probably. But and I feel like in all of these period pieces, one thing that does bother me is like, how does everyone just know the dance? Like, I don't know. I mean, they have lessons and stuff, right? I know. But it's like, it's such a like stylized specific dance. And it's yeah. like, oh, come dance with me. And like, oh, I automatically know all the steps and I can hold a conversation and like How have hold conversations while they dance. That is, I don't understand. I mean, that. the amount of like hours of practice that must go into those scenes, like must be just crazy. So yeah. that's something that bothers me about every period piece that I watch. And yet I also, anytime a ball is announced, I'm like, jumping out of my seat with excitement so (laughs) you know I am just like totally bought into this world you know like I just I take it for what it is I'm okay with the liberties that Shondaland has taken to like make it different and I appreciate them especially when it comes to like race yes um it's just like I never in my wildest dreams would have ever thought that like this genre would be so inclusive of like my culture never um like there's i you know there's not even like like i guess rom-com wise the closest thing we have is um never have i ever yeah but that's like a tv show yeah it's like modern day so yeah i'd love to see like a clueless where Cher is indian oh that would be so great (laughs) yeah you know what i mean like that's kind of what the season of bridgerton was 
for me, maybe for some other people who are like more into that type of romantic thing. So yeah, listeners out there, we'd love to hear your thoughts on Bridgerton season two. And especially like South Asians from all over the world. What was your reaction to seeing this? Because, you know, we have our perspectives and I have mine like being South Asian American. But as we said earlier, like, what does a British person think? What does a Indian person think who lives in India? Like all of these different things. Um, Okay. So I think that that's it. Sneha, thank you so much for joining me. Um, Will you tell our listeners how they can listen to your podcast and follow you on social media? Yes. Thank you. Um, So you can listen to um, Project Mindy um, on all podcast platforms, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, and follow me on Instagram at Project Mindy. Um, I do a lot of Bravo and pop culture stuff also. Um, But right now I'm I've taken a little hiatus from recapping um, Never Have I Ever and Sex Lives of College Girls, but I'm going to start again. And if there's any other, we talked a little bit about Mindy Kaling's books, but if there's something else uh, anyone wants to hear, um, hear about, let me know on social media. And check out your new logo for the podcast. Oh, yeah. It's totally cute and amazing. I love it. And yes, um, so thank you so much for talking with me this and letting so me gush all about Richardson today. I've been like waiting to just like talk about how much I love it. So thanks for indulging me. Oh, I loved it too. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Family Karma Cast. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And support the podcast by becoming a subscriber to our Patreon page. When you do, you'll get access to our weekly Thirsty 30 Bravo TV and pop culture chats and more. Find out more at patreon.com slash with a K.